current events, personal values, political and social issues, technology, wars and tensions. Join us for the next hour to discuss and learn how the things happening in our world today point to God's prophetic word as signs of the times. The prophecy of plagues and pestilences having a far greater impact on the remaining end times prophecies than we could have ever imagined. So we'll talk about COVID infections, vaccine injections, and the spiritual deception that we'll call the prophetic spike protein. We'll address the fears and the tears in what looks to be darkness's hour as we look at the signs of the times. Our weekly look at Bible prophecy in the world's news for Friday, August 27th, 2021. Along with Mark Kirk, the senior pastor of Calvary Knoxville, I'm Greg Hilt, and we appreciate you taking the time to listen to us live or online at a later time through the Way Media app, thewaymedia.net, or via our podcast. This will be episode 182, which you can get through Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or Stitcher. However, if you want to read the articles that we discuss, unfortunately, that's only available through the waymedia.net or the Way Media app, because all the other podcast sources are audio only, and we can't inject documents. Yeah. But we're going to talk about other things that are being injected into people's bodies as we get on with today's show. Greg, you know, you're like the yes. radio rapper. I heard that intro. And radio I go, rapper? I go, nice. I want to do all that in the background while you're giving your thing. You're like a radio okay. rapper. It was like this. It was smooth. Yeah. It rhymed. I was like, you know, th- we, you're on to something. You could be like the okay. first kind of like put it out there. This is the first Greg's release, first hit. Just just radio. Rap. Yeah, we'll see if Caleb can get a beatbox together. There you for go. Us there and, you go. Uh, yeah. Maybe he can do some trap, some rap trap. Or there you go. Whatever they call it. Yeah. It, I think the whole thing's a yeah, trap. Yeah, we're so anyway. cool and hip and up on it. I'm sure we'll do great. Oh, we're totally revealing our age <laughs> as we discuss these things. Let me, let yo, me tell you. Yo, let me, man. Listen, I remember, not to get too far off, but I remember hearing the very first rap song, I think the Sugar Hill Gang. And, and, and I remember laying in my bed, I was like 12 years old or whenever it was. Uh, young kid and the dj comes on and says this is a brand new music we've never had before and he called it and he played it and i was just like you're in i i was in and i was an unbeliever you know i was 12 years old but i memorized like all six minutes of that rap i was just so enthralled with it and hence was laid the foundation for the now famous radio rapper radio rapper (laughs) oh my okay we're gonna move on quickly and i'll tell you why because we've got lots of listener questions to get to you This is our Truth in 10 segment, where Pastor Mark answers your prophecy questions in 10 minutes or less. Pastor Mark, our first question comes from Cameron. Actually, uh, Cameron's got a doubleheader. We'll get to this one first. Uh, His first question is, uh, I work with primarily Presbyterians, one of which is married to a prominent uh, theologian's granddaughter. They are almost entirely preterists. What would you point to? is the biggest flaw in this eschatological perspective, and why would it not be possible for us to be living in the millennial reign of Christ? And you might want to hit a quick reset on preterism for those that are listening. I think that's a great thing to do. Yeah, first of all, what is preterism for our listeners? Basically, I'll sum it up by saying this. Preterism teaches that all prophecy is fulfilled. Okay? That right there just should make the statement. All prophecy. So when you read Revelation, you read Daniel, you read all these things. Nothing to see here, folks. Move along. Nothing to see here. All prophecy has been fulfilled, um, except for the return of Christ. So again, obviously, I would think if you know anything about the Bible, Greg, that right there would be enough to say this is not a proper theology or doctrine. This is obviously not correct to make that kind of statement. But again, what I want to give you, uh, Cameron, uh, which again, great question, is some things to point at because you said, hey, what are some things that really kind of show this is is not true? First of all, you have to recognize the things that the book of Revelation predict. Now, the preterists will say, well, it was all fulfilled in different ways, and that's all symbolic and allegory. 
But the reality is, Revelation says there will be massive death on the earth in a single event, some 20% of the earth. If we're getting close to 8 billion, that's the death of 2 billion people. Has that happened? Well, no. What about massive worldwide greenery destruction? It says that the trees and the grass, for the most part, a big one-third of them will be burned yeah, up and destroyed. Yeah. Again, we've had big fires, but that hasn't happened. Another one, it says that these two mountains of fire will fall and hit the earth, probably asteroids or meteors. You go through Revelation, it's thing after thing. And, Greg, as hard as you try to say it's all allegory, it gets pretty hard to say what allegory could be flying fiery mountains coming from out of the sky hitting the earth. You, at some point, you've got to go, wait a minute. I think I'm stretching this a little bit to say this allegory. There's so much prophetic stuff that has not yet happened. I'll give you another one, for example. The Bible says, which is not Revelation, which would be good for you, if they're doubting Revelation, the Bible says before Jesus comes back, Elijah will come. Well, if all prophecy has been fulfilled, Elijah can't come because uh, it's already been fulfilled. No, that's nonsense. The Bible very clearly says in the last chapter of Malachi, Elijah will come before the coming of the Lord and turn the hearts of the fathers back to the sons, back to the children. So I could go on and on and on, not just Revelation, but all through the Bible of prophecies that have not yet been fulfilled that have to be written off if preterism is right. So I, 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 I discount and totally reject preterism outright. But this would be probably, you said, what is the biggest thing that would say, okay, we can show, those are a lot of things, massively. The biggest one thing that I think, to me, totally just nails the coffin shut on preterism, if it hasn't already been done by what I shared, and that is, the Bible says that Satan will be locked up for 1,000 years, yeah. and the preterist <laughs> believes we're in that now. That has happened. Yeah. So they believe all prophecies. So that means right now, Satan is locked up. Listen, just look at the news. Read your newspaper. See what's going on around the world. If you really believe that Satan has been locked up, you are deceived, and no wonder you're believing preterism. Again, I understand. I don't mean to be too harsh on this, Cameron, with your friends or whatever, because I understand there's a lot of really great believers and people that I love that are Presbyterians. I'm not picking on that, but here's the problem. First of all, it's impossible for Satan to have been locked up. It's very obvious Satan is alive and well and working. I think Chuck Smith said it the best way. If Satan has been locked up or has been bound, he's got a very long chain. <laughs> yes. Um, that's probably the best way to describe <laughs> it. Now, let me go back and make sure that I'm not being overly harsh with, with uh, those you know that, that come from this background or whatever. And I don't know that all Presbyterians are preterists. I want to say that. I don't know that that's the case. But again, this does bring up, Greg, a warning for Calvary Chapel, Presbyterians, Methodists, Baptists, every single... Uh, a, a spiritual group, godly group, God's family. We must not simply believe theology and doctrine because of the group we're in. We have to say, wait a minute, I'm in this group, and my group believes this, but can I prove this uh, biblically? And if I can't go to the Bible and prove something that Calvary Chapel believes biblically, I'm going to say, you know what? I'm a part of Calvary Chapel, but I do not believe that because the Bible says this. And I would say to any Methodist, Baptist, or Presbyterian, if if your belief system and your group says something they say they believe, but you can't find it biblically, as a matter of fact, if it goes against what the Bible says, that's where I would encourage you. I'm not saying your group that your group is false. I'm not saying anything like that. I'm saying you've got to step back and say, wait a minute, I am involved in this group. But this right here that we're teaching is not biblical, and I must therefore reject it. I therefore, because it is very clearly unbiblical, I openly and, and boldly reject preterism as any possibility of, of a theology or truth. Okay. All right. Pastor Mark, our next question comes from Cameron. By the way, Cameron uh, watches us or listens to us in Greenville, South Carolina. And his question goes as this. In light of Ezekiel 38 and the nations that the Antichrist will be allied with, what would cause you to look for a European Antichrist versus a Middle Eastern Antichrist? The Roman Empire did not crush the nations and cultures that it conquered and expanded Western instead of into these same nations. It seems as if Scripture indicated Middle East rather than European. What are your thoughts? Yeah, again, um, I, I, you know, I don't know that the, necessarily that I see Scripture that indicates that it's more Middle East than European. I, I would have to know what Scriptures you're talking about, Cameron, because I can't think of any that would lean me in that direction right now. But I will say this. The overall picture is this. We don't know where the Antichrist is going to come from for sure. The Bible just doesn't tell us. But we know it's going to be from the revived Roman Empire, which would be the ancient Roman Empire somewhere. And the Middle East was included in that. So yes, it was. Rome ruled it all. So Syria. Could he rise yeah. up out of the Middle East? Yes, he yes. could rise up out of the Middle yeah. East. 
The reason most people believe he's going to rise up out of modern Europe is because of the connection to Rome. There's a real strong connection to Rome with the Antichrist in Revelation, as well as with the false prophet. Quite obviously, uh, we know the false prophet is connected to a city on seven hills. So most people believe that. However, either way, we will find out at some point, uh, uh, you know, that's going to be something that's going to be revealed. And, and again, we're not going to be able to nail that down. But as far as the, the interesting question you pose here as to whether or not they could, how, you know, Middle Eastern or Jewish or whatever you said, could they? Middle could Eastern or uh, from Europe. Yes. And, 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 and but again, I, right. Okay. That expands it beyond. I had a question just this week about whether or not it could be a Jew, part Jew and part uh, Arab, if you will, that could be the Antichrist. And I'll say also, yes, part European, part Middle Eastern. If you got someone that had a little bit of both, the Bible didn't say they will, but Greg, that would explain a lot of things. And I would almost say, if you wanted to take that route, for example, you see someone that's a little bit of both, that means everybody can receive them. Somebody that's part of Europe, you'd be a part of the world system. Part of the Middle East, you'd be a part of the Middle East system. And that would make you more appealing to the world rather than it just being, say, a Jew or or an Arab. Or you get the point. Yeah. But it was something interesting. Somebody brought up to me, Greg, and I, yeah, I've thought about it before, but this just kind of reminded me of it. Again, whether it be Europe, whether it be full-blooded whatever doesn't matter, or whether it be European and, and Middle Eastern doesn't matter, But if there's a mixture, to me, the most logical way to do the mixture for Satan would be, if he was going to raise somebody up, would be somebody that's uh, half Arab and half Jew. And the reason I say that is this could be a real connecting point for the entire Middle East that the world could accept because everybody's trying to bring peace to the Middle East. Uh, And and, and the biggest problems in the world actually are the Middle East, pretty much. I mean, you got China going now and all that, but I'm saying overall, historically. And the reason I say that is both the Arab and the Jew have a common father in their literal bloodline, and that is Abraham. Uh, the Arabs come through Ishmael, and the Jews come through Isaac. So if you had someone who was both part Arab and part Jew, it's almost like you're bringing the family back together, and you know what? He's not totally Arab, but we can accept him because he's a part of Dad's line, or he's not totally Jew, but we can accept him because he's a part of Dad's line back to Abraham. And, Greg, that could be used possibly as yeah. a way to bring the parties together, but we just don't know. Well, and, and another thing, too, uh, Cameron, is when you look at Judaism and you look at Islam and you ask them, what is one of the identifiers for their Messiah? So in Islam, it's the 12th Imam. Yep, great point. Um, or in for Judaism, it's Messiah ben David. Right. And both religions will tell you, Cameron, that their Messiah will bring peace to the Temple Mount. They're both looking for the same thing. Yep. And it's going to come out of the same person. And so that is going to be another hallmark of the Antichrist, and I agree with you, Pastor Mark. I think that I think the lineage of this individual somehow will connect both religious backgrounds, yeah. where the people will accept this individual. And Greg, actually, that brings up another point to even further strengthen the hypothesis that it could be half Arab, half Jew, or so to speak, because yeah. this: the Arabs are looking for an Arab world leader. Yes, nothing else. The Jews are looking for a Jewish world leader. Nothing else. So if they both see a world leader taking over that they believe is their Messiah slash Mahdi, yeah. then, okay, maybe we got it wrong. Maybe it's a little bit of both. And what a beautiful way to bring back the, the family of Abraham as one. Talk about inclusiveness. I'm telling you, all inclusive. And um, so, again, we don't know. Again, great questions. But I do believe it could be a mixture of both. I think that's a point. We don't know. It p- could possibly still be uh, European. We don't know on that. But either way. Uh, these are great questions, and this is fun stuff to think about, but we'll have to wait and see because only God knows. Yeah. Pastor Mark, our next question comes from Brad, uh, watches us here in Knoxville. He says, hey, Pastor Greg and, uh, or Pastor Craig, Pastor Mark and Greg, okay, whatever, it works. <laughs> I heard a few fellow Christians talking about if Christians will live in heaven or the new earth after everything in Revelation is finished. Some argue there is no scripture that states Christians will ever live in the current heaven where God currently resides, at least not in mass. So I think he's basically asking, I mean, do you agree or disagree or what scriptures support either or both? Yeah, I I think, well, let me explain where it's coming from for our listeners. In Revelation, it says at the end of the thousand years, which we talked about just a moment ago, of Jesus ruling and reigning for a thousand years with Satan bound. Um, you have a new heaven and a new earth will be created. Okay, that'll be only believers. Everybody's cast out. This is the new heaven and the new earth. We've now entered eternity and God's created everything new. And because it doesn't mention 
heaven, that is the third heaven where the Father resides, then the thought probably from those people asking this is, well, all we see is the earth with believers on it. We see Jerusalem coming down from heaven, the city that will will go back and forth to where Jesus will be ruling and reigning, uh, you know, the new Jerusalem, et cetera. And we still don't know if that's going to actually land on the earth and be on the earth. You know, I suspect it will, but some believe it can actually Jerusalem, the new Jerusalem could rotate and revolve around the earth, uh, you know, just be out there and something kind of, we'll have to wait and see like the moon, so to speak. We don't know. And we'll be able to go back and forth. So probably this question is coming from somebody who said, well, that d- just shows we'll never see the Father. Um, I, I, again, Scripture, I think, would refute that. I do believe we'll be on the earth, we'll be in the New Jerusalem, and we will also see the Father. And how do I know that? Which is where he would be. That's where God would dwell, the Father would dwell, what we call heaven. Why do I say that? Matthew 5, 8, Jesus said this, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Now, two things to note here. He's not referring to himself, although he is God, because he's there. And how do we know that? He's speaking futuristically. They shall see God. So he's not denying that he's God. He's just saying you're not seeing God in his fullness right now. You're seeing God in human form, but not in his fullness. So you will see God in his fullness. So those in pure of heart will see God. And since he was there and it's futuristically, he's speaking about the father. So he's saying you'll see the father um, in his fullness at some point. And if the father dwells in heaven, that means you will see heaven. So there's your answer. Uh, also, I think Paul doesn't Paul give us a glimpse into the fact that there's basically three sections of heaven. And so to speak, I mean, the first heaven is, yeah. is, is the atmosphere around us, right. the, the, you know, the, the, the earth's atmosphere. Yeah. The second heaven would be beyond earth's atmosphere where the stars where the stars are and then the third heaven which is i think what paul said he was caught up into exactly was was where god's abode is right you know whatever so there's and do we understand how all that works absolutely not other than apart from what scripture tells us yeah but there's that part yeah, to and, consider and as the well. Bible actually lays that out. The yeah. first of Genesis, the three heavens, yes, where good. the birds fly, yes. is heaven. Then, of course, there's the celestial heaven. Then there's the abode yeah. of God. And we see that even Paul, in his vision, went to the abode of the Father, the third heaven. So that means that if Paul went there in vision, no doubt we will all go there in spirit. So we will be on the earth, New Jerusalem, and be seeing the Father. It's all going to be a part of the package. None of us will miss any of it because the Bible says so. You know, the whole, those that are holy will see the face of God. And here we saw in Matthew 5, 8, those pure in heart, you will see God. So the Father, you'll see him. Very encouraging. Yes, it is. Pastor Mark, our next question comes from Jennifer, who also watches us here in Knoxville. Uh, she says, hi, Pastor Mark and Greg. I have family that are not currently walking with the Lord, though the seeds of faith are there. And I'm wanting to send them a just-in-case letter that they will have as a reference in case the rapture comes and they are left behind. What are the most teachable Bible verses that I should share with someone who finds themselves living in a post-rapture world? I'm thinking the letter should focus on what they need to do and not to, and what does it say? Uh, They should focus on what they need to do and not do to get their ticket to eternity with the Lord. Yeah, I think you're, so, yeah, I think you're right in your yeah. focus, Jennifer. And that is, and I'm going to give some other things popped in my mind here to share yeah. with you as even before more than what I have written down here. But I will say, uh, the number one thing is you're right. What they need to know is number one, they need to know that if they miss the rapture, they can still be saved. That's the number one thing to know. Um, everything else is secondary because you want to get them into heaven. And what I would do is I would say, if you, if suddenly we're all gone, then you want to make sure that you have a relationship with God. And you'll find that in John chapter three. And that is where that whole scene there, have him read John chapter three. That is where Nicodemus comes and the Lord tells him he must be born again. And then at least to the famous passage, John three sixteen, uh, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed should not die, should not perish, but have everlasting life. Those are the main things they need if they miss it, because they need to know they can get in and they need to know how to get in. Knowing they can get in comes from you. Uh, knowing how to get in comes from John chapter three. And then if they want to know what to be watching for um, now that they've missed uh, what's going to happen, which I think is a hard thing to do, but might be wise. Matthew 24 talks about what's going to be happening after the rapture, starting in verse nine on uh, the first eight verses is pretty much where we are now. Matter of fact, I think we're in verse eight, which is um, the time of sorrows. But starting in verse 9 on in Matthew 24, talks about what it's going to be like. And then Revelation, um, which they may not have an understanding if they don't know the Word of God, tells what's going to be happening during that time. In one way, you can say that could be a fearful thing to tell them because now they've missed it. But in another way, 
that also I think it's good to know what to expect and be prepared to some degree. So I would say the main thing is let them know they can be saved, number one. Number two, send them to John chapter three to read the whole chapter. Nicodemus, that whole thing about how to be saved and born again. Uh, three would be Matthew 24. Um, and you can put the two and three, Matthew 24 and the book of Revelation about what is, what you're expecting and what's going to happen. And again, I, there's that whole thing of, it's almost like, well, do you want to lead them to Revelation? Cause wow, look at all the stuff. But it's like, you know, if you're going to get a shot, I think it's better to tell the child, look, there's going to be a little bit of a sting, but it's going to be okay. I think that's good because if this get the sting and don't expect it, that's quite a shock to the system emotionally and everything else for a little child. The same thing true for the person left behind. Um, yeah, there's going to be a little sting, but the good news is if you know Christ, you're going to win in the end, and you'll have hope and encouragement. So that's where I would direct them. All right, Pastor Mark, thank you. And if you've got a question for Pastor Mark, prophecy-related or even general Bible-related, do what everyone else has done today and head on over to thewaymedia.net or the Waymedia app. Click on Signs of the Times, and you'll see where you can click there to ask a prophecy question. You can also read some frequently asked questions that we post on our site as well. All right, for the time that we've got left past Mark, we're going to roll into articles. And really, the, the, the main focus, and you were talking about getting shots earlier, is really COVID-19. Yeah. Um, and we talked about at the beginning of the program, I mean, the, 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 the plague of this thing and how it's being used prophetically is just, wow, it's mind-blowing. It really yeah, is. It is. It really is. Um, anyway, so the first article that we have is from the Jerusalem Post talking about um, the Moderna vaccine that in japan they've discovered metallic powder is in these vaccines or they suspect it's metallic powder in these vaccines let's talk about that yeah it is and the key about these vaccines is interesting Rick, i wanted to do a, and we won't spend a long time on this but i remember when the vaccine first came out there were all these people saying hey man when i took this vaccine it's like i could stick a paper clip to my arm and it stayed there and everybody's like yeah yeah we're kind of crazy and yeah quite yeah. honestly i kind of thought that too although okay this is not the mark of the beast, and I'm still saying it's not the mark of the beast. We know that, because that's on the forehead, the hand, all that, and they didn't inject some piece of metal or chip into anybody, and that's not happening with the vaccines. But it is interesting, because I have a friend who said, listen, I've seen this with my own friends. They got the shot, and they can stick a, a paper clip to their arm, and it stays. And I'm kind of like, that's just weird. My thought was, all right, I can't deny it. Uh, the reports are out there, which I thought were crazy at first. Now, I've got a friend who said he's seen it personally, and I believe him. This is a, a guy that wouldn't make this up. But I thought, well, maybe there's something in the vaccine that does something magnetic to your system for a while and causes a little magnetism. No big deal. Let's kind of move on. Uh, but I would see these pictures. Well, now, Greg, they found that in the, the shots there in, in, in um, Japan, yeah, that they found a not only a metal substance, a powdered metal substance in their vaccines, but they're magnetic. And so they've canceled all those shots. They're saying there's something there's a magnetic powder in these shots and so we're canceling. Now, the story right now is, is this is just a bad lot. Somehow yeah, it got, it in got there. infected. I have two problems with that. And I'm just going to, all I'm doing is getting information out there. You yes. can go to the website, see this. These are all documented articles from reputable sites. Okay. But here's the problem I have. Um, okay. This is a controlled environment. They're making these shots in. These are lab generated. Okay. You're making them in a lab. You couldn't get metallic metal powder in there without people knowing it. So I'm not trying to create a conspiracy theory again. We talked about you know Noah again. It was only a conspiracy until it started to rain. But once raindrops start <laughs> yeah. falling, okay, it's no longer a conspiracy theory. I'm not saying this is. My point is somebody knew it was going in there. I don't know who knew that, why they knew it, or, or, or what. But it, if it happened over there and they found it, and people here had paper clips sticking to their arm after they got the shot, it wasn't just Japan, it would appear. So what this means, I don't know. Maybe our listeners, if there's something out there that you know about that has to do with magnetism and maybe tracing, maybe there's something they put in there to try to do some vaccine tracing that we don't know about that's kind of included and didn't think anybody would find out about it. I don't know. Let's leave it at that and say we now have evidence that indeed there were vaccines that have a magnetic metal powder in them. Japan found it. Japan canceled them. And although no one's saying they went anywhere else, uh, because of the reports here and some firsthand reports of someone I know that had some magnetism issues after they got the shot, um, it would appear that maybe some of that magnetic powder made it more than just in Japan. So we'll have to wait and see. I don't know what this means. I don't know if that's 
dangerous. I don't know anything about it. I'm not a doctor. I'm a pastor. I'm simply passing on the information, and you can do with it as you want. But I wanted everyone to know that that is an interesting development coming out of Japan. All right, Pastor Mark, our next article uh, says two new studies from Israel and the U.K. found that natural immunity is far superior and much better than the artificial immunity from the vaccines. And it goes on to say that vaccinated people were also 13 times as likely to be infected. Yeah, this is amazing. This This is amazing. Here's the thing. We talked about this, guys, when it comes to the vaccine. Israel is one of the best case studies in the world for a couple of reasons. Most of their nation uh, has had the vaccine. So they're a great test study of how it's going to happen in in a nation, in a population. And secondly, Israel has a reliable government. To some degree, I don't know that they're 100%, but they, they release their stats. They don't hide them. They put it out there. And maybe the reason they're so open about their numbers and their stats, Greg, more than anyone else, is you remember they went through all the experiments in Germany and all the things. Everybody hid the facts when it came to the Jews. So there may be a conviction among the Jewish people, hey, we're not going to ever hide facts and we're not going to let anybody else hide facts because you don't hear these things about this stuff going on here in America, but you do have Israel releasing it. And this study, again, this is, um, again, not just, you know, we're going to like Jerusalem Post and Israeli News. These are legitimate sites. They'll be on our media.net, um, the way media.net. But again, this article, and I'm going to read part of it because it can be a little bit confusing as what they mean, but either way, it's an encouraging thing if you've had COVID. And that was my heart to share this. If you haven't had COVID, it may not be as encouraging. But if you had COVID, what this is saying is, is you're going to be basically 13 times less likely to get COVID than those that have just been vaccinated and haven't had COVID. And so, um, you know, you, Greg, you read the, the headline there. Natural immunity is far superior and much better than the artificial immunity from vaccines. The study showed vaccinated people were 13 times as likely to be infected. Let me read part of this article because this is where it gets a little bit interesting and a little bit confusing as to what they may mean. There's one or two different things they could mean, but this comes from the article about third page in. It says at the end of the study, researchers found that vaccinated people there in Israel were 13 times as likely to be infected and 27 times with symptomatic infections beyond that compared to those who had already been infected with the Delta variant or COVID and Delta variants are part of COVID. The paper also shows that um, offering previously infected people one dose slightly reduced their infection risk. So here's the bottom line. I'm not saying, I, I don't know if it means if you, if you have had COVID you're 13 times less likely to get it, which can be one of the things. I'd have to see the actual research to understand this better. And that may be for our listeners. You can go and do your own homework, which is what I encourage our listeners to do. All these are findable articles on reputable sites. Or if it's saying that if you get the shot, that increases your chance of getting COVID by 13 times. Now, if it's saying that, that's pretty shocking. Um, I'm not saying it's saying that. I'm saying the way this reads, it could be either of those. I don't, I'll leave it up to you and then we'll go from there. But you need to know about this study and realize that, that these are facts coming out of Israel you're not going to hear in America or in our media. Okay. Now, I thought you were pointing number two as if nope. you think it's number two. I got to remember when you're doing that, you're not giving me a peace sign. It's not a peace sign. You know, okay. And you're also not just, you know, you're just letting me know we're about out of time. We're about out of And time. I share that with our listeners. I want them I, on the inside. I know. This is, I know. Greg, you, this know is, you know what you're, this you know what you extra are, without, you know the, you, without the extra okay, prime yeah, membership. Okay, this We're is giving this, that. This is the part in The Wizard of Oz <laughs> where they find the curtain and they pull it back and they see this little man <laughs> pulling levers. There it is. You're and the magic, of, the magic of Oz has attention. now been destroyed. Well, we're on. I know. I know. They're watching us. They see you those fingers up, Greg. Well, no. Only if Caleb turns the camera Yeah, but what if it's on you? You know. Actually, I've asked Caleb... If when I speak, just a photo of me can come on when it says, like, on the phone, and that's the guy that's on the phone, he's the correspondent, no, no, whatever. No, 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 no. I know. I've, no, no, I, no. I've clearly been rejected on that Well, look, I know, I, I know what you're going to say, yes. and I just want to say this. Rather than trying to jump into anything else, because we've got we're more to continue- talk about. Oh, yeah. yes. We have much more yeah. to talk about, and, and yeah. I'll let you lead us into yeah. that, because you're the radio rapper. Well, there we go. There you go. Well, I'm not going to rap, but I am going to give you the facts that we are going to talk about more COVID. So know that. And we are going to talk about the Great Reset and some world stuff and some saddening statistics about our country when it comes to spirituality that shows us that we are in the end times. Are you having trouble focusing? No, I'm not. Signs of the Times continues right after this. (laughs) 
WIAMLP. 101.1 FM, Knoxville. Are you a penny pincher, an indulger, or maybe somewhere in between? Hi, I'm Chuck Bentley. This is my money life from Crown. Today, Crown's founder, Larry Burkett, takes a look at all three of these positions from a biblical perspective. I think you'll see yourself in one of these scenarios. There are three kinds of people financially in our society, I believe. There's a little group down at the bottom end, about 10% of the population, who are so basically frugal, they never overspend. I've told my wife many times, I'm a basically frugal person, and she used to say, you're a basically cheap person. (laughs) You try not to be basically cheap anymore. But that small group down at the bottom end is really not going to overspend very much, because we'll never spend more than we have, first place. Now, there's another group at the upper end that make enough money to be sloppy and get away with it. They buy whatever they want, in whenever they want, and in the process of doing so, they're very sloppy, get themselves into trouble. They just stop some of their indulgences and they pay their way out of trouble again. And they think because they're not deeply in debt that they are in the service of God. They are not. You see, God doesn't allow you to spend it just because you have it. God wants us to live a disciplined life, and part of that discipline is money. A large part of that discipline is money. Now, there's a middle group, by the way, about 80 to 85% of the population, who are neither basically frugal, nor do they make enough money to be sloppy and get away with it, and they have a disaster all the time because they indulge. They buy things they cannot afford to own. They buy things that have no utility to them. If you can't find a lack in your life, a need, you probably don't need that thing. Now, if you need encouragement with your finances or you're looking for some practical help, call the Crown Helpline. One of our staff members is standing by to speak to you. Call 800-722-1976 or go online to crown.org. That's crown.org. A Moment of Grace with Ed Taylor. I can give you guidelines from the scriptures and you can be convicted in your heart from the scriptures. But I am telling you, if I did tell you how to parent, this is how I'd tell you to do it. Seek the Lord. Because he'll give you wisdom for your kids. Because all your kids, you know, those of you that have multiple kids are all different. They all need a different approach, different ministry. Those of you who may not have kids, you have nieces and nephews. You have kids that you influence. They all need a different approach. They're all unique. But it can be so very painful for me to see as parents are not preparing their kids to excel in a very dark, ugly world for Jesus. And the enemy's just ready to rip them off at every turn. You can learn more at edtaylor.org. Grow deeper in your love relationship with Jesus by visiting edtaylor.org. This has been a Moment of Grace with Ed Taylor. Signs of the Times now continues. Here again is your host. Welcome back, everyone, to the second half of our weekly look at Bible prophecy in the world's news that we call The Signs of the Times, episode 182. For those podcasting, for those listening live, it really doesn't matter what number this show is, it is. I'm Greg Hilt, along with Pastor Mark Kirk, our senior pastor at Calvary Knoxville. Thanks for sticking around as we continue to go through articles of interest that we have found in the world's news this week uh, that shows us uh, that we are living in the end times, as the Bible prophecy tells us. I don't know if this is in our stack. I'll mention uh, it quick and we'll go on. Okay. The Danish study, the mask study. Uh, we yeah, talked this is about a new, okay, that okay, new last one. New one. week, I if you're, think. No, no. Oh, this no, is a if new you remember one. the oh. Danish study back six months ago we talked about oh, where some okay. 6,000 people went into detail about it, showed that, and we may have mentioned it last week. We, did, masks, we mentioned it, yeah. Yeah, that masks weren't doing any good, but did we talk about the new indoor study? Did we talk about that last week? No. Okay, it was a brand new indoor study. And this is not in our stack. This no, is bonus This is bonus point, but I, put, I will make sure it gets on our our webpage. It says that uh, new research reveals that most that, that face masks will not stop most COVID-19 indoors. So it's a brand new study saying that the masks really aren't helping that much. You've got the one from Danish, over 6,000 people followed for six months. They didn't see a difference. And they've got one here in the States doing the same thing, saying, at least I think it's in the States, saying that it's not really doing making that much difference. Again, I'm only putting information out there. Do with it as you will. But I think it's important people have the info. Okay. All right. Our last article, Pastor Mark, in our COVID stack. Uh, is the FDA, this is from theblaze.com, the FDA's indefensible approval of the Pfizer shot. Let's talk about that. Yeah, and here's the thing, Greg. Is this this an opinion piece, or 
because yeah, it says it says it's it, the byline is Horowitz, but I'm not. It, it doesn't say who Horowitz it, is. It is Horowitz. On my, yeah, my he's paper. from the Blaze. He okay, works with go. the Blaze. He's a, he's, a, he's a he does journal. the commentary. Gotcha. A journalist for the Blaze, and he's talking about the fact they approved the Pfizer shot. But but again, he brings up some very good facts, Greg, that go beyond opinion. Sure. Let me read some of this. Uh, the narrative that they've approved it now, so they can start mandating it to people. But the, he says in the article, the narrative of the pandemic of the unvaccinated has collapsed quickly. In other words, we're seeing now that. A lot of people's shots are getting COVID, so you can't call it the unvaccinated anymore. Thus, the more we push boosters, the more we suffer viral enhancement, waning antibodies, and the massive risk of side effects. In a CDC briefing from August 18th, Director Rochelle Walensky said, not only does the protection of the shot wear off, it might enhance the disease, end quote. I go on. Even though our vaccines are currently working well to prevent hospital, or it goes on, she goes on, uh, hospitalizations, we are seeing concern, uh, concerning evidence of waning vaccine effectiveness over time against the Delta variant, said Bolinsky during the briefing. Additionally, reports from our international colleagues, including Israel, suggest increased risk of severe disease among those vaccinated early. They've seen the same thing in Israel, by the way. Given evidence, we are concerned that the current strong protection against severe infection hospitalization and death could decrease in the months ahead. You know, those are shots not going to be effective, so you need the booster, especially among those who are at higher risk. Walensky conceded the following in this briefing. There is zero justification to mandate the vaccine, given it doesn't stop infection and transmission. That's interesting. She also conceded the vaccine efficacy wanes both over time and with mutant strains that will likely continue. And thirdly, in a stunning admission, she said the reports from Israel seem to, and I quote, suggest increased risk of severe disease among those vaccinated early. This could indicate, they say, some degree of antibody-dependent disease enhancement. Let me put that in modern language. It's affecting your ability of your body for for its natural immunity antibodies to work like it's supposed to, so it may actually be making it worse. Israel, a country where nearly every older adult is vaccinated and many have received booster shots, are now concerned about the discovery of an even more virulent strain. Israel revealed, and I quote, a full course of the Pfizer biotech vaccine was just 39% effective. This is the one. This is why I'm saying it's irresponsible to approve this. It has now been shown to be only 39% effective in preventing infections and 41% effective in preventing symptomatic infections caused by the Delta COVID-19 variant, according to Israel's health ministry. Again, how can this be approved and marketed as a vaccine? That's the last thing I'll read. So, again, you see this approval, but the bottom line is, is that it's irresponsible to approve it with such low effectual rates. Most vaccines, matter of fact, I would say, um, from my understanding of the article, don't have time to read it all, that all of the other pre-approved by the FDA have had a much higher rate of success. Now, don't quote me on that. I could yeah. be wrong on that. But I think they've all had a higher rate of success. Go do your homework. Find out. Uh, read the article. It's in the full article. And and so, again, what's going on? I think the reason this is happening is to be able to put more pressure on the society to mandate you've got to get the shot. And I just want to encourage our listeners. No one should force you to get the shot. That is something between you and the Lord, if you're a believer, uh, something you have to decide, and nobody should be forcing that on you or your children. It is not proper and immoral uh, yeah. in, in any other way. Okay. That's it. All right. Yeah. So we're going to roll right on. That was a screeching halt. That was a, that was a screeching, screeching halt. halt. I slammed a screeching I sh- halt. I should have ran my screeching halt sound effect. <laughs> uh, one World Government News. This is from Breitbart.com. This feels a little tinfoil hatty to me, Pastor Mark, but I'll let you be okay. the judge of that. All right. Uh, the Great Reset World Economic Forum says lasers will track people by heartbeat. Uh Okay. Yeah, yeah, well, this is... Maybe? Well, yeah, who knows? But this is truly what the uh, World Economic Forum yeah, is saying. It's, they're saying. So we're giving truly... Here's yes, what they're saying. saying. Whether or not it can be done, we'll leave that yeah. up to the scientists. But the Davos-based World Economic Forum has predicted that countries will begin tracking people by heartbeat um, a, a, as wearing masks during the Chinese coronavirus pandemic, pandemic has made facial surveillance more difficult. In a video posted on social media uh. on Wednesday, the Globalist Great Reset Group said that the <laughs> pandemic could see the government's tracking people based on heartbeat, and I quote, from the World Economic Forum now, and I quote, facial recognition systems are often stumped by face masks, but your heartbeat is as unique as your face. I didn't realize that, but that's pretty cool, actually. It shows how individual were made by God. The World Economic Forum went on to say that the American Space Agency, NASA, has developed, and I quote, a system that can ID you from your heartbeat using a laser. 
The NASA-developed Heartbeat ID claims to be the new biometric uh, technique to verify someone's identity. It can be used in everything from replace, replacing as individuals' PC passwords to accessing your bank account. Now, that got my attention because, <laughs> again, we're moving closer to the yes. mark of the beast. Yes. Uh, we have the technology, yes. but the yeah. mark of the beast where you'll be able to do everything, buy and sell. You'll be able to be tracked. And the government wants to control the, what you yes, can buy and, and sell. Exactly, and the Antichrist will run all of that. Again, think about it, Greg, if you could do it by heartbeat. Now, you need some type of monitor to pick the heartbeat up. I mean, I, for example, let's say you had watches that could monitor your heartbeat. That might be I one way. I didn't think a heartbeat was was like a fingerprint. Yeah, it I is. I didn't realize it was that individualized. It, it really is, yeah. Wow. So um, and if you had something, say, you know, some kind of athletic thing or, or, or watch that could tell your heartbeat, that would probably help them. But we don't have that technology yet. But in a, it, but besides <laughs> I'm that. I'm wearing that technology. Oh, oh, okay. Well, you're, you know, anyway. So I'm already there. Okay. Anyway. Um, yes. But still, this doesn't solve the whole issue, Greg, of everyone being traceable, that is going to come, I believe, by the mark of the beast, yeah. Revelation 13, and they'll be able to track us. These are all forerunners. Uh, yes. You know, just, yeah. Yes, will eventually be the predecessors, too. That's right. That's right. Uh, okay, our uh, next article in uh, One World Government News comes from jpost.com, where Turkey sees Afghanistan as a lever for the global agenda. Now, this is interesting, Greg, because Turkey has been looking for a long time to be a controller of the Middle East. Um, you know, Erdogan has been saying this, and he wants to do this, and seeing them get more involved in what's happening in Afghanistan, interesting. Ankara is pursuing both its Islamic and pragmatic geopolitical agendas in Kabul, despite its concerns. It sees Taliban a Taliban win as a boost for the global aspirations. It has several agendas. It wants to control Afghanistan as a key route to China and Iran, and also to sit astride global jihadist moments from Idlib um, to Kabul so that it can use them for its own agenda to become an Islamic world leader. Much like the U.S. and Soviet Union move, moved into Berlin in 1945, Turkey sees this as a key moment. As the U.S. declines, and we are in decline, don't doubt that, which we have to in order for the world order to come in. The new global leaders will move into the proverbial Berlin of 2021, which is Kabul. The post-American world that came in the wake of the U.S. global war on terrorism is one where Turkey, Russia, China, and Iran will work in concert and not against each other in, in order to weaken the U.S. So we are getting weaker. We are declining. That needs to happen for the one world order. Turkey is trying to push their way in there. Now, we don't, again... I don't see, you know, I don't know. They're going to be one of the armies coming in, attacking Israel and all that. But again, uh, could there be something with Turkey? I know Erdogan's been so involved to try to take over this whole, lead the Islamic world. Yeah. Just keep your eye on that. It's very interesting. Okay. Uh, your, uh, your ringer's off, isn't it? It is. Okay. Yeah. Just, I, I keep hearing crickets when you talk. I don't know why. It's, that just shows people aren't listening. Greg, that's that's prophetic. No, you no. You are not listening no, to me. You have a, you, you have that's a, horrible. You have a cricket ringtone. That's, I, I do. know you I do. Know I do. That's I why do. I said well, that. I'll double check. I don't that, think one that was not a disparaging remark. No, I'm off. It's off. Okay, it's All off. Right. So, so, so clearly, the crickets I've, are no, from the airways. No, either that or I've just had brain cells that are dying, uh, okay. and that's right. that's, that's right. the they're sound they're leaping to their death. That's the sound they're making. Putting their arms out and dying. When your brain cells die, that's it makes a cricket sound. Yes, it makes that sound too. Israel365news.com. We need, we need to move. Yes. Uh, it talks about a new study here, Pastor Mark. A majority of Americans now believe in evolution. Yeah, you know, this is so sad to me. You know, Greg, they say if you tell a lie long enough, people will believe it. Yeah. And we have done this now for generations, a couple of generations. Hitler said that, actually. And, and people are believing uh, this whole uh, stuff about uh, you know, evolution and saying that, you know, it's true and all. But the sad thing about it is, is in order to believe evolution, you have to deny the word of God. There's no way that you can believe evolution uh, and believe in the word of God. The two cannot be uh, united. Uh, from 1985 to 2010, there was a statistical dead heat, the article says, between the accept acceptance and reject rejection of evolution. Uh, the leader, uh, lead researcher John Miller of the Institute for Social Research at the University of Michigan said, but acceptance then surged, becoming the majority position in 2016. The study identified levels of education as the strongest factors. Now listen, the world will hear that and say, yes, you see, the more educated people are, the smarter they are, and now we know evolution, revelation, uh, sorry, evolution, evolution is true. I think it's the exact opposite. It is the indoctrination of false teaching among those in educational institutions that have deceived the society. So I see it as exactly reverse. 
It goes on. Almost twice as many Americans held a college degree in 2018. We don't need to read that. I'm going to go because of time. Sure. A series of surveys showed that Americans were evenly divided on the question pertaining to evolution from 85 to 207. But over the last decade until 2019, the percentage of American adults who agreed with this statement increased from 40% to 54%, over half of America. So sad. Dr. Gerald Schroeder, a physicist with a Ph.D. from Massachusetts Institute of Technology, MIT, the leader in, in, tech, in the tech world, suggested that the century and a half of unquestioned acceptance of evolution theory uh, it, in its essence is anti-science. The theory of evolution as presented by Darwin describes a random process, an assertion that Dr. Schroeder believes exposes a prejudice in the scientific community. And I quote Dr. Schroeder, this is evil. This is all part of an overriding anti-religious agenda by the scientific community. It's not science, in other words, to establish that the world is the result of random forces. There are so many possible wrong answers with this, wrong mutations, vastly few that are good that could possibly, uh, that the possibility of life evolving randomly is statistically very unlikely. And Greg, I'll go farther than that and say it is statistically impossible. And, and there is no way, first of all, there hasn't been enough time, even if it could happen, is what they're saying now by the science and the numbers. But let me say this. If you believe in evolution and you're a believer, no matter how many excuses you make, you have to deny the truth of God's word. You cannot go back and read the literal six days of creation, which, by the way, is quoted numerous times throughout Scripture as literal, not as allegorical or as, 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 as symbolic. You have to deny the word of God. And I'll tell you this, I'm not about to do that. The Bible says, let man be shown a liar, and let God be shown true, and every man be shown a liar. And that, sadly, is what's happening with the evolution uh, debate. Well, and that's what people need to understand. The whole purpose of the theory of evolution, if you believe it to its, its conclusion, its conclusion says there is no God. Yeah. You were not created. Yeah, well, I mean, that's that's the bottom line. Yeah, and, and you don't need God. It just happened. Yeah. And yeah. and the whole thing, Greg, there's so many things we could spend the yeah. whole show on about if you believe evolution, it is a direct yeah. denial of God and the word of God. We cannot do that. I would and look, let me one last thing for the last article. Yeah. I would much rather stand before God on judgment day and God say, you know, Mark, um, what were you doing? Why did you believe my word literally? Why did you believe that I did I did everything the way that I said I did? Well, Lord, I just chose to believe your word literal. And if he corrects me for that, shame yeah. on you, Mark. Shame on you for believing my word the way I wrote it. If he does that, I'll take that rebuke at that time. The other option is I stand before the Lord and he says, what were you thinking? Why did you believe that we came from monkeys? Well, well, well Lord, our, our scientists, our scientists said we did. So I, wait, you're going to take fallen mankind with fallen brains at their best, who came up with the best science they could with fallen mankind and fallen brains, and came up with something that's directly opposed to my word, and you chose that over me and my word, and I'm flawless and holy and righteous, and I say what I mean, mean what I say? I guess I did, Lord. Yeah. I don't want to be there. I would rather be rebuked for believing God's word than be rebuked on judgment day for not believing it. You make the choice out there as, as a listener. You make the choice. Well, our last article, Pastor Mark, kind of dovetails into all of this. ChristianPost.com saying that 60% of adults under 40 say Jesus is not the only way to salvation. And in fact, he's equal to Buddha and Muhammad. Now, Greg, if that was just the world, that wouldn't surprise me at all. I would say, yep, I get that. They don't know the Lord. They're unsaved. But according to the article, it was people that claimed to be born again. Bingo. More than 60%, and this is really bad wording here. I'm going to yeah. correct it. Okay, sure. More than 60% of born-again Christians in America between 18 and 39 believe Buddha, Muhammad, and Jesus are valid paths to salvation. Let me say this. These are not born-again Christians. They may say they're born-again Christians, but you cannot be born again with your eyes open to Jesus Christ who said, no one goes to the Father except by me, John fourteen six, as well as Acts 12, where he says, there's no other name under heaven or earth by which a man can be saved except Jesus Christ. You can say, well, Mark, they had not been taught yet. They don't know better. No, no, no. I believe if you're, if you're truly born again, even if you don't know the word of God, you're going to know that you can't get there through Buddha. You can't get there through Muhammad, that only Jesus is the way. So the article reads born again Christians, but I'm going to refute that and say, I think they're saying they're born again, but I do not believe they are. Uh, they believe their valid paths, although we just said Jesus said no one goes to the Father except by me. 
Over 30% say they either believe that Jesus sinned. Oh, my goodness. This is God in human form. He never sinned. That's the whole point of the cross. He couldn't have paid for our sins if he sinned. sinned. Yeah. That's why. Listen. Wow. Greg, the virgin birth. The virgin birth was so that the fact Jesus didn't sin, the virgin birth was why he could be sin free and pay for our sins. It, it, it negates everything to do with the gospel and Jesus Christ if they're right. Well, they're wrong, obviously. Um, and again, it said that Jesus sinned just like other people when he lived on the earth, according to a new study. So the percentage of born-again Christians, no, those who think they're born again, with a biblical worldview has been cut in half over the last decade, says the study. 18 to 29, age group 2010, uh, from 2010 with the same age group 10 years later, now 30 to 39. And I quote, the result is a startling degradation in worldview beliefs among born-again Christians. I would say it is a startling degradation in worldview beliefs among those who say they're born again. This means even born-again Christians, or we would say those who say they're born again, and I quote, can have a false view of Jesus Christ and embrace a pluralistic worldview. President of Probe Ministries, Kirby Anderson, said, and I quote, pastors and churches, church leaders just can't assume any longer that the members of the church or Christian organizations have a biblical worldview. Let me, I want to take beyond that. Yeah. make a comment. No, I was just going to say, how can we expect people that think that there's more than two genders? Yeah. Uh, how can we expect them to believe to adhere that there's only one God that the yeah. Bible talks about? Yeah, but let, and again, but yeah. within the church, here's my yes. here's thing I want to I want to give our listeners. I want you to understand this. Look. I believed that I was saved. Mark Kirk believed that till I was 25 and realized I'd never met God. So the churches, pastors, hear me if you're listening today. The churches are full of people who think they're going to heaven but don't yet know God. They're just like I was. They're deceived in the thinking, I'm going to church. I grew up in a religious home. I'm religious. I'm going to heaven. But I wasn't going. So first level of attack, don't just believe that everyone that says they know God knows God. Probe. Ask them, when did you give your life to Christ? Did you repent? Do you know that you've been born again? Do you know that you know God? And also realize this, number two, just because people say they're born again does not mean they are. Ask questions. Why do you believe you're born again? Tell me how that happened. Because this proves that there's a huge chunk of people who yeah. claim born again status who don't know God. And lastly, let me say this. Yeah. Maybe you're one of those today who think you know God, maybe you would even say you're born again. But when I ask you this right now, if you died today, do you know for a fact, no question, not any doubt in the back of your mind that you would go to heaven? Do you believe you can get there by Muhammad or Buddha? If you believe any of these things, you're not truly born again. You need to believe Jesus died for you on the cross, ask forgiveness of your sins, receive him as your Lord, and give your life completely to him. That's your only guarantee, and I urge you to do that today if you've not done that. Absolutely, Pastor Mark. Not a better admonition to end on today's program. Signs of the Times, Come to the Table, WIAM Radio, and the ever-growing Media Library of Calvary Knoxville is available on the Way Media app or thewaymedia.net. And we invite you to come back in two weeks. We will not be here next Friday, but in two weeks as we discuss more Signs of the Times right here on WIAM. in reverse is harder than it looks. Our cars weren't made to back up all the time. Our roads, highways, and traffic laws weren't designed for backwards driving. So why do we think life works that way? Are you driving backwards? Are you always looking in the rear view mirror? God's plan is that you look ahead and move forward. An occasional glance back is a good reminder of how far you've come. But leave the past behind you and drive confidently in the direction He has for you. WIAM 101.1 FM The Way